I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. Grace Guard Dog Steve, who's sitting across from me. Yeah. It's kind I'm of here. off guard. Oh, a little off guard. That's funny. No pun intended. No, no pun, pun intended. intended. You know, we're glad that you've showed up ready to listen. We're praying for God to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and eyes that see and ears that hear and a mind that comprehends. That's our prayer for you guys. It always is. We pray, Bill and I prayed that for the Guardian's Grace day and night, seven days a week. It, it's what we're, we're all about. This spirit of wisdom and revelation that you can find in Ephesians 1. It's at least six of those prayers that come to mind about wisdom and revelation. Uh, mm-hmm. I call them the epinosis prayers. Yeah, but there are some powerful prayers in the Bible. And if you look on our Guarding Grace dot com web page you can probably find them right there they're great to memorize they're key to understanding the new testament doctrine in fact they're so spread out through all of paul's epistles that it almost seems like he's wanting to say something and he prays for a spirit of wisdom and revelation or he'll pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened or he'll pray that you filled with the epinosis knowledge of his will. Or he'll pray that you have the full riches of complete understanding that you would know the mystery of God, namely Christ, and who were hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Those are all epinosis again. Right out of the Bible, out of Ephesians. And they're in such key places because they're, they're actually just laid down right before he hits a doctrine that you... You want to have the spirit of wisdom and re- revelation to understand it. Otherwise, you'll be understanding it in your natural mind, and it won't. It'll be like First Corinthians 2. The, the natural man, the carnal man, <laughs> King James, does not understand the things of God. They're foolishness to him because they're spiritually discerned. To put it bluntly, you're... Without the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you'll literally just keep reading until you find a verb to do. And then you'll support everything on that verb. On that verb. And you'll think that the New Testament is just verb motivation 101. But the New Testament, the New Covenant, the the epistles are not about 
those verbs. They are about giving you an enormous new covenant revelation in which so many mysteries that were hidden throughout the Old Testament are finally revealed and put forth right in front of you so that you can see them, comprehend them, and then live by the revelation that you see in those epistles. Yeah, the the Apostle Paul ends his letter to Romans. Probably more Christian books have been written on the letter to the Romans than any other epistle, I would say. And he ends it with, Now to him who's able to establish you by my gospel, even the proclamation of Jesus Christ. And that word proclamation Proclamation is that uh, word karuma. It's a very unique word. It's, it's heralding of a specific thing called the gospel, the good news. The good news is, is first and foremost, like it says, good news. Any bad news in the good news cancels out the good news and makes it not good news. Makes it not legitimate. Correct. It's not authentic gospel. What would be bad news added to the good news? Well, like you just said, Gardog Steve, taking a verb and saying I have to do this verb would make the good news bad news. Because now you're not under the, the gospel, you're back under the law again. You're back under a performance mentality. You're back under the Galatians 3, O foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I just have one thing to ask you. Did you receive the Spirit by the hearing of faith or by the works of the law? If you receive the Spirit by the, the hearing of faith, why do you act as this? You need to continue to keep the law and Get on this performance treadmill. Are you so foolish? I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, but, pretty much nailing it. But the gospel is good news. And Paul says it's able to establish you, support you, build you up. It stands alone. It needs nothing added to it. And the, the point I was trying to make, or the point we've been trying to make, is we're all about guarding this gospel of grace. It's also called the gospel of peace. If what you're hearing does not bring you peace, probably not the gospel. If what you're hearing is not based on grace, it's probably not the gospel. The gospel is comes in two flavors, grace and peace. Yeah, and most of the epistles are written about like you just said, grace and peace in invisible realities and invisible things, tasks that God and Jesus did on our behalf. And we accept those by faith. Those are part of the good news. But what happens is usually this good news. Let me let me just give a, an example. In Romans 6, 1, they're asking Paul, they're saying, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul says, heck no. 
Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Do you know how many years that statement just meant, huh, to me? It had zero meaning at all. It could have been an entirely different language. But lo and behold, we get into the gospel where the disciples are asking Jesus if they can sit at his right hand up in heaven. And he says, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? And can you be baptized with the baptism I'm going to be baptized with? And it says we were all baptized into Christ as he was put up on the cross. He said, if I be lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men to myself, meaning they will be baptized into Christ and through corporate identification with the, the corporate man, Jesus, the one who's representative of all of us. It gives us the mental picture that we were baptized into him and paid our sin debt. But just to read Romans 6, 1 through 6, by itself, you just can't grasp it, not without other scriptures explaining what was meant in Romans 6, 1 through 6. I love the way Paul answers that. Answers his own question. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin? Some translations actually translate it as a verb, so we continue sinning. It is a noun. For argument's sake, let's say it's a verb. Shall we continue sinning? Or should we continue in the state of sin? And it's the sin. And he, he starts out with a very, very strong no. Oh, yeah. 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 Mea noia. Right. Absolutely not. It's the politest way to say it. So... No, <laughs> we shall not. But then he says, or do you not know? Now what? See how it hinges on something you should know and not on something you should stop doing or start doing? That is why we harp so much on praying for you to receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know the hope to which you've been called for. That's why we tell you that there are prayers where Paul and some of the other people, disciples, are praying that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see because it takes more than our human intellect. And, you know, there's there's a lot of really brilliant people out there I give them their dues. I'm not one of them. I've had a stroke. I'm, I'm really not a brainiac. I'm far from it. It doesn't depend on how smart you are to read the Bible. It depends on having this spirit that is not of the world, but a spirit that is from God, so we may freely know all the things God has given to us. I'm alluding to 1 Corinthians 2, the first few verses in, in 1 Corinthians 2. Yeah, and what you just said, ears to, eyes to see and ears to hear in Paul's prayer, 
it was actually Joshua that said that to the children of Israel. He said, you're about to enter into the promised land, although, but to this day, God has not given you ears to hear and eyes to see and a mind to understand. That's what the Spirit did. Now to him he's able to establish you by my gospel, even the proclamation of Jesus Christ, which was prophesied long ago and throughout the scriptures, which are able, as Timothy says, to make you wise unto salvation, these Hebrew scriptures, they were filled with pictures, types, and, and shadows that has that the Spirit has to reveal to you. One right off the bat was Moses died, remember? And he didn't get to go into the promised land. And it was Joshua who took them into the promised land. Joshua's name is what? Joshua. It's a picture of, of Christ. He actually had the same name. Yes. Moses' name was given as drawn out of water. What was drawn out of water in creation? The land. What was Adam formed out of? The land. So the, the dirt man... <laughs> did not get to inherit the promise. The old man of us did not inherit the promise. The old man of us didn't make it. The old man of us did not save us. But it was Joshua who inherited all the promises. That's why it says all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. See, this this stuff, that's why Paul says, don't you know these things? Because if you don't know... And if the Spirit hasn't revealed it to you, you're, you get stuck on making the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, the Old Covenant with just new terms. Just trying to do, trying to stop sinning and do good. And so he says, what do you not know? That all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We were buried with him through baptism, baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might, and that word might is, you know, we've been over that a few times, for the purpose of walking, walking for the purposes of walking in newness of life. So he cleaned out the old man of us, made us a new man, made us a new vessel, and made us to be completely inhabited by the Spirit of Christ. That's how you live the Christian life. Walking by the Spirit and not by human effort. Saying I'm not going to continue to sin because I'm making a solid commitment, you've not gotten the concept yet of don't you know that you died. And apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. There's some part of that that you don't understand if you're still trying to discipline yourself enough to walk a life worthy of, literally, it's worthy of having friends. Yeah. Worthy of people wanting to be attracted to you and come around you as opposed to wanting to run from you even though you're trying just as hard as you can to be a pleasing person to these people. Especially your, your wife. You, you could be trying so hard to please your wife and so frustrated that at night you cry and say, Lord, all I want to do is please her. With man, it's impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. With his spirit working through you, you can please your wife. Your determination to do it, how's that going for you? The same as it went for us. The same as it went for us. And that's, that's why we decided maybe we might talk a little bit about the rules we play by. Yeah, guardians yeah of grace. right. Because they're, they're not rules, but well, yeah, they are rules. They're on our webpage. We actually have a set of rules that govern Guardians of Grace. It governs the Guardians of Grace podcast, and it governs the Guardians of Grace Facebook page. And I think we, we should literally go over them. So just so that you'll know, because I, I know there's a lot of you who have listened to the podcast, but never really visited the page, the guardinggrace.com page or our Facebook page, which again is guardinggrace.com. And that'll kind of get you to our Facebook page. But there again, we're having technical difficulties where you push the follow button at guardinggrace.com. It's supposed to take you to the Guardians of Grace Facebook page. And it actually takes you to like my private page where it just shows everything that I posted. And we've been trying for 90 days to get that changed. And I've, I've got tickets written with Facebook so that they'll come in and, and give me the help and the support I need to get that working right. But it's just another example of us being such a low-budget grassroots ministry that some of the littlest things just take a long time. To, to get over, to get over the hurdle. I've been called a lot of names, and many of them deserved. Never been called a techie. No, me neither. I've never been called a nerd in any way, shape, or form. And it, it would be such a big compliment to me. But let's just look at what it says under Guardians of Grace Facebook page rules. One of the rules or rule of thumb that we go by is that you realize that Guardians of Grace is just trying to create an environment in which each and every person can share what they have learned or are thinking they've learned from the Bible. And it is okay to be wrong. You may not have that right. And at Guardians of Grace, somebody may point to another verse that gives you a deeper revelation. And that's okay. It's okay to be wrong. And it's okay to bring up the scriptures that you know could help the other person out. But it's not okay for you to judge those people just because they don't have it right yet. You don't judge them as they're dangerous, they're heretics. They're just people trying to learn what this Bible is telling them. And 
like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That is what we are here to do at Guardians of Grace, is sharpen each other and share the insights God has given us about the Bible with everybody around us, and they do the same thing for us. They share their insights, and eventually there's sort of a consensus that formulates, a consensus that comes up, and pretty pretty soon you, you'll have everybody going, oh, we all seem to be coming into agreement on that. There is another point that I'd like to bring up, and that is labeling people. At Guardians of Grace, we do not label people. The best we can say is they seem to be getting this type of understanding from these scriptures, incite the scriptures and cite the understanding, but no labels to anybody. We don't label one another at Guardians of Grace. We just talk about what the Bible and the lexicons that define the words of the original language that makes up the Bible. We, we, we just look and analyze those things and we come together with a spirit of unity and a spirit that wants to build each other up. And I mean, build the next person up as much as you want to be built up yourself. No labels, you guys. No no labels. We don't label somebody. We don't. That just shuts down fellowship immediately. It does. It does. And, And another thing that we don't do is talk about a person outside of the podcast. When we're talking to one another, it's still cool to talk about this might be right. It might be fair to say this and still be in line with the Bible, or it might not be fair to say this or that and still be in line with the Bible. But don't say, Joe said this, and I'm giving him this label because of it. We don't want them even let, definitely not labeled as dangerous or anything. The only label you can put on them is learning. Yeah. How many times have you changed what you thought? Uh Constantly, it never stops. It never stops. It's always evolving as I get in deeper and deeper and deeper and spiritual thoughts explain spiritual thoughts and they link up together and they add up to greater pictures, biblical word pictures. I heard the other day that there was 4,000 different denominations then I heard it was actually 40,000, which, how, <laughs> how do you even... Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's what Guardians of Grace doesn't want. No, Child of God's the only label you get here. Right, right. Coming straight out of First John chapter 3, beginning of chapter 3. We're not even going to do the Arminius, Calvinist... No, Trinitarian. No, no we're, we're just looking at thoughts that the Bible brings out. That we want you guys to dig deep, 
dig deep in the Bible and share what you seem to be seeing. And there can be a, a sense in which that lines up with the Bible. There could be a sense in which it doesn't line up with the Bible. The idea of a, a sense in which is a very big idea in the Guardians of Grace community because we don't have to be so dogmatic. It's black. No, it's white. No, it's it, there's a sense in which it's black and there's a sense in which it's white. Jesus said, I think it's in Mark 7, maybe verse 12, he said, your traditions make the word of God of no effect. And I'll just say that. You get a tradition stuck in your head every time that Bible verse comes up, you're not going to learn. You've made the word of God of, of no effect at that point. It will fit your tradition or you'll push it into your tradition. Yes. And but it'll keep you from learning. That's the bottom yeah. the bottom line. It'll and, keep you from growing. And there is no one in Guardians of Grace that hasn't been affected by the traditions of men and what that does, the traditional view about a certain topic, what that view does to you and how much of a blinder it puts over your eyes, like the Second Corinthians 2 blinder. There remains a veil this day whenever Moses is read, but the veil is taken away in Christ, it goes on to say. There's a veil that all these traditions that we have to unlearn have put over our eyes, and it makes it very hard for us to learn what the Bible's actually saying in that Guardians of Grace, we gent we treat this gently. We don't chastise people. We don't call them heretics, especially. If you're calling somebody a heretic, at Guardians of Grace, it, it, it's time to to stop posting for a while, so you can think of a better way to make the point. Don't don't call somebody a heretic here at Guardians of Grace. Just dig in and research the topic that you're on, till you can make the point well enough to sway somebody in their thinking. The Apostle Paul was called a heretic. Yeah. By the Pharisees. Right. And right. put on trial. And put on trial for heresy. It's a very dangerous word, and you can use it to discount people who have quite a few things to say that are edifying. They could really share some beautiful thoughts, but they've been diminished by the word heresy, and now they can't help anybody. They're ineffective because of a label, and we don't want that at Guardians of Grace. I've seen people just leave, and oh yeah, yeah, and um, we we can give testimony things about you. You ain't. I am say things that you never said. Can't imagine the things that were done to me over the years in in the name of trying to protect the gospel as these people knew it. I've been all but stoned 
myself. I know you have too, Bill. I know you've taken it on the chin quite a few times, and some people have put seeds in in, in your family. They, they went after your family and, and tried oh, to yeah. sow seeds that were... I was threatened. Yeah. And I never really drew a line on anything. So it's so much better for learning if you if you run across a passage and you know it's true, but you don't understand it because it doesn't fit into your conceived traditional already, just go ahead and believe it. And God will reveal it to you. And I mean, even that, I, I got accused the other day of resting. And I got accused of, <laughs> there was about three or four things I got accused of. Uh, I had to get a dictionary to, uh, to look it up. But which will bring me to my next point after you make the point you're you're going to make. Tell me to make this my next point. My point was, it was like 20 minutes of not getting anywhere because it, I only use scriptures to support what I said, and they say anything can be wrested out of context. So I added some more context. I didn't know how much context to, to add, and I didn't disagree, but... At one point, I was like, are you disagreeing just to disagree with me? And he called into question my techniques uh, for understanding biblical. And, Your hermeneutics and all those yeah, $10 it, words. It got, it got personal. Okay. And, and hurt your feelings. And, I don't not hurt that much, but I, I had to uh, tell you finally that I actually never went to Bible college or seminary school. And I actually, uh, I told you, I don't tell many people. I had a learning disability in school and thought I was stupid. And I found out in the most amazing way that that the Holy Spirit really was my teacher. And he, and he does use the foolish, the weak, and the, the people that are nothing. And he showed me. To confound the wise. To confound the wise. And, and he answered back with all his seminary school and college traditions and his doctorate degree. The thing was, it was a question that someone brought out, and I was offering what I thought was insight. And he wasn't offering other insight. He was just so keen on impressing people. Yeah. With that, yeah. We, we don't want that to happen at Guardians of Grace either. It was pointless. Coming into the Facebook community or into the Guardians of Grace community anywhere for the sake of making yourself look good or as an intellectual or something yeah. like that, that misses the mark. We're here to study the Bible for what it says. We're not here to feed our egos or to humiliate somebody who has less of a vocabulary than we do because you guys, you keep hearing us talk about, oh, there's 64 downloads from Mexico and 25 from from Canada and a bunch from Iran and some from France 
those people don't speak English as well as some of us do. And if you're trying to make yourself look good with highfalutin words, you're going to lose those people. It's not fair for you to be feeding your ego at their expense because they won't be able to understand what you're saying. So at Guardians of Grace, we, we really do want the dialogue to be at a, a fifth to eighth grade level. Yeah. You kept using the word resting. W-R-E-S-T. Resting. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, exactly. It looked like it maybe came from the word wrestle or it was just, is your point to argue with me or is your point to let's see if we can get understanding about uh, a topic that was brought up and we, we want to keep it as universally understandable as we can so people in Canada, people in Mexico people in New York people in Florida the rednecks and the Yankees yes. can all get along and understand things and if you do use a fairly big word like hyperbole or something say hyperbole meaning yeah explain what you mean too an over exaggeration the whole city came out to listen to Jesus that would be hyperbole because um, you know the whole not every single person in the city came out to listen to Jesus. So if you're going to use a word like that, immediately define it. Just the very next word should be meaning and give a good layman's term meaning to the word because we don't know who all is listening. And I feel strongly about this and I'll, I'll give a little testimony as to why I feel so strongly about this especially for people that want to use the Guardians of Grace platform to make themselves look good I, I was about six years old I had a friend he was about six years old also and there was a little girl that was about four years old sitting with us and she was crying and crying and crying. And my mom came running out there and says, why is she crying? And after she told my mom what I had done, I got just about the number one worst beating that I had ever gotten from my mother. And I was put on restriction for two weeks. I... I was I learned that day not to do what to anybody what I did to that poor little girl because I, me and my friend or my friend and I were saying oh your phalanges are showing your phalanges are showing and she was just crying no they're not I'm not you can't see my phalanges I know you can't and and when my mom realized that I was torturing this little kid with words that she did not understand and I was using words as a weapon as a way to harm other people 
she it, it, she fell off the train tracks uh, on that one. She she made me learn my lesson right then, right there that day. I learned a lesson that it's not cool to do that. It's not cool to come into a room and say, and where did you study at? All those things that build up your own ego, we really don't have any place for them at Guardians of Grace. And as Bill and I have both testified before, I had a stroke. I can't do anything but daydream. I can't I can't concentrate. Bill was in an auto accident about five years ago and has never been the same since. We are both people that are doing this podcast with a handicap, literally, literally with a handicap. So for our sakes, we don't want you overdoing the 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 big the big words. Not when a small word will do just fine. Just fine. Just fine. Yeah. D- don't want anybody using big words to cover up when they're wrong, too. You can you can lay out a bunch of big words that make you sound right when when in fact you're wrong. We, d- we don't want people to use big words for for that reason either. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that too. I would say Jesus had it out for one group of people, and that was the Pharisees. And that was what the five parables, starting in Luke 15 and 16, was all about. Those parables were about the Pharisees' attitude and the way they talked. Because right at the beginning of the, the five parables, it says that the prostitutes, the sinners, and the tax collectors were coming to Jesus And it says in the Greek, he was receiving them face to face. He was having meals with prostitutes, tax collectors, and sinners. In that day, to have a meal with someone meant you're equal. You you didn't have a meal with someone that that you looked down on. You're like, no, I think you should belong to that table. You're you're beneath me. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't fellowship with you. Having a meal was it's a covenant thing. It's, 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 we're tight. We're friends. I accept you. you. We're having face-to-face fellowship. You're no better than me, and you're no worse than me. And Jesus had face-to-face fellowship, and it said that this Pharisees noticed this and said he associates with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. And then he begins to tell these five parables, the lost coin and the lost sheep, the prodigal son. And each of those is a picture of the people that the, the Pharisees looked down on and the Pharisees. The, the lost sheep is, I mean, he searches till he finds it. I think that sheep has value, I, I would say. The lost coin. The lost coin, but the woman cleans out the entire house until she finds it. And uh, one, one of the cool things about the lost coin, I think, is a coin, when it's lost, never loses 
its value while it's lost. It regains the same value. And that, that's the way Jesus looked at people. Those prostitutes, those tax collectors, those sinners, they had value in, in Jesus' eyes. So he had face-to-face fellowship. They were worth his time to fellowship with them. And the Pharisees looked down on Jesus for doing that. So that's that's a guardian's grace rule. No Phariseeism. No. We don't look down on anyone. In fact, that that's a that's a thing that is going around now. Should sinners feel uh, welcome at church, or should they should they feel afraid? Should they feel shunned? Well, with Jesus, they didn't feel shunned at all. And I would like my life to model Jesus' life, to tell you the truth. So where would that leave me? I think uh, one of them was Matthew, a tax collector. Yes, yes, one of the twelve disciples. The lowest of lows. Yeah, wrote one of the Gospels. I don't think Jesus would have blocked his ear email or unfriended him on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Peter said that was the Pharisee saying. They said he meets them face to face. They're Facebook friends. They're Facebook friends. That's funny, Bill. That's funny. So matter of fact that that Facebook is a is a good place to, to close the podcast down. If you were Trying to get into our Facebook community, you're out of luck because the link from guardinggrace.com to the Guarding Grace Facebook community is broken right now, and I'm trying to get it fixed. So you'll just have to bear with us. I'll be working on it all week long, but hopefully. I'll get it going again in the next podcast. We'll, we'll tell you how to join in with us. Email Steve at lifeguard958 at gmail.com. Lifeguard958 at gmail.com. Yeah, if you've got any suggestions that would help our podcast, especially technically, email me, lifeguard958 at gmail.com all one word no capital letters lifeguard958 at gmail.com I look forward to hearing anything you'd like to share with me especially if it can help us with the podcast or if you have a Bible question hey man I'm all about the Bible questions yeah but for now, we'll say good night. We love you guys as always. Good night, you guys. We love you. And Lord, we love you too, most of all. Can't forget you. Without you, it would be foolish to do this podcast. So please bless me. Please bless. Please bless. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>